This is Christian Questions. A Chinese proverb says, Better to light one small candle than to curse the darkness. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions, Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, and it's all in a politically free zone. Vicki, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. And you can contact us at the website, ChristianQuestions.net. I'm Rick. I'm Vicki. You're not Jonathan. I am not Jonathan. <laughs> good morning, Vicki. Good morning. Uh, it's good to have you here. Jonathan is out of town today, uh, taking care of some matters with his parents. So Vicki is sitting in uh, for him. And, uh, well, we're folks, we're glad you've chosen to spend some time with us this morning. And, Vicki, what is our topic this fine Sunday morning? Well, Rick, this morning our Christian question is, Is Your Life by Accident? Our theme text is taken from Exodus 4.2. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Why are you here? Not you, Vic. <laughs> this is for everybody <laughs> I'll else. I'll go no, home. Okay. <laughs> really, really, folks, why are you here? Are the events of your life all purely incidental, accidental, or coincidental? Or are they observed and reacted to by you with a greater purpose in your life? Sorry about that. Um, in, <laughs> here's a sentence for you for early in the morning. Is your life a, me- a meandering composition of various unconnected circumstances, or is it a composition of events that are absorbed and learned from with uh, f- learned from with a specific end in mind? Stay with us this morning, folks, as we look into this precious thing called life and how we handle its incredible bounty. So, Vicki, the question today, the question this morning is, is your life by accident? Is life by accident? Is it on purpose? Well, what is it? I can't wait to hear the answer on that one. <laughs> All right, and uh, we're, let's get started with, with a real basic question on this. And, and that real basic question is, what is the most important thing? And, and you know, I, I heard, and I'm not sure who, who originated this, this statement, but it's something that I've, I've always uh, tried to live by. Somebody once said, do the most important thing at any given moment. And that sounds pretty profound. Yes, it does. And so the question is great. How do you figure out what's the most important thing? <laughs> right, right. So what is the most important thing at any given moment? How do you, how do you get to that? So let's get started uh, looking at this subject of is your life by accident doing the most important thing? What is it? How do you get to it? By listening to a soundbite. We're going to go to a soundbite from, and th- this guy probably most of you folks have heard of. His name is Rick Warren. He is the author of the book uh, A Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. And that book, a few years ago, was a bestseller. I mean, top of the charts bestseller for, for quite some time. And he's doing an interview on, on TED TV about living a, a life of purpose. And uh, it's, just, it's just interesting. This, this, I think, would be a real, real good place for us to start. I think it's because spiritual emptiness is... Uh a universal disease. I think inside that at some point we put our heads down on the pillow and we go, there's got to be more to life than this. Get up in the morning, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to bed. Get up in the morning, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to bed. Go to parties on weekends. 
A lot of people say, I'm living. No, you're not living. That's just existing. Just existing. I really think that there's in this inner desire. I, I do believe what Chris said. I believe that you're not an accident. Okay, so he, he's talking about there's got to be more to life than this. And, and, and folks, you know, here, here's, here's one of those important uh, probing questions. Have you ever felt that way when you, you, you sort of get into a, 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 a cycle of life? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you come home, you I don't want to go to bed because then I have to get up and start all over again. Right, right. So, so we all at some point or other, I think, get into that kind of a method or a mode of thinking and you think there's got to be more to it than just this because you're, you're like the hamster on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> running, 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 yeah, running. Going nowhere, going nowhere, going nowhere. Right. And so, so how do you, how do we figure that out and how do we get to the next level, so to speak? And folks, if you have a thought, we're looking at, is your life by accident? What is the most important thing? Give us a call at 866-985-4255. Toll free 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And our website is christianquestions.net. So Vicki, let's look at what the first or what first most important thing was in the scriptures, because God actually doled out that most important responsibility in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So, man's created in God's image. And having been created in the likeness of God, um, man is given dominion. Right. What does that mean? He's given stewardship. Stewardship. <laughs> What's that? No. He's, he's given the necessity of taking care of things, care, of, right. of, of essentially ruling over, the having a say in the condition of the earth. And haven't we done a great job? <laughs> Another uh, program later. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so, But that's that was one of the most important things. Okay? You're created. I'm putting you in a position of responsibility to have dominion mm-hmm. over this planet. And so that, that dominion, rule over the planet, so to speak. Now, how do we, what, what do we do with that? that? That was one of the first most important things. And again, it says do the most important thing at any given moment. So how do you practice having dominion over the earth? Because that's something that is most important, obviously. Right. So we need to be responsible all the time for everything. Well, how do you do that? Now, in relation to having dominion, we need to understand where the dominion comes from and what it means to to properly execute that dominion or that rule. Because you know you can you can execute rule uh, in a in a not so good way or in a very very good way, tyrannical dictatorship. Yeah. So let's look at the character of God to to begin this part of the conversation here as the reflection back to what our rule ought to look like. First, let's start with Lamentations chapter three verses uh, twenty two and twenty three. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail; they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Okay, so God's loving kindness never ceases. So that ought to be a hint. If God is our creator. And we were created in his likeness. That means we ought to be like him. Oh, dear. 
Alert! Alert! I'm not doing so well. <laughs> well, and and you know what? It but is a goal. it is a very important. Um, it, it's a very important principle to understand that we need to to focus on being like God in the dominion because that's what He gave us to do. So let, let's continue that. Let's let's look at at how that loyalty ought to work. And again, this is another what I would consider to be another most important thing kind of a scripture in Mark chapter twelve verses twenty eight to thirty one. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him. What commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So there is a terrific most important thing. Yes, indeed, and it's pretty plain. Well, okay, now, now here, here's the question. You've got this most important thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So how do you do that as the most important thing in connection with, well, have dominion over the earth as the most important thing? Well, if you love the Lord, you're going to take care of what he gave you. And that makes sense. And that's the earth. So, so there are a lot of different most important things. Mm-hmm. And there's well maybe I shouldn't I should rephrase it. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. There are a lot of different aspects to the most important thing. So part of what we want to do this morning, folks, is we want to go through the different aspects of what the most important thing is and try to figure out well how do you put them together because every moment of every day can't be focused on just one thing because there's other parts of life. So how do you fit them in uh, without without um, uh, sacrificing the most important thing. So, folks, if you have a thought, it's nine eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free eight six six nine eight five for all. We are live Sunday mornings from six to eight. That means we're on right now. And you can check out the web at www.christianquestions.net. Also, uh, make sure you avail yourself of the opportunity at uh, with uh, CQ Rewind at christianquestions.net. It's a great service that gives you the background on the programs, uh, gives you the scriptures and a lot of the thoughts in a very reader-friendly format, uh, and it is a free service. So please do check that out at christianquestions.net. Let's go to another soundbite, and this is just um, this was from a, uh, something on YouTube. It was called Inspirational how great I am. <laughs> I didn't write it, okay? I didn't say it either. But um, these are excerpts, quotes from Vince Lombardi is the first one, is the first quote. And then you actually hear Winston Churchill in the second part of the soundbite. And again, this is just, this is just inspirational stuff. This is, this is focusing on the most I important thing. I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, the greatest fulfillment of all that he holds dear, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battle, victorious. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. So you have in those two quotes, uh, first of all, Vince Lombardi. Now, he's a football coach, 
and yet he's talking about the the man's finest hour uh, is the moment when he's worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battle victorious. So 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 that that dedication to something bigger than yourself, right? He's saying that's part of the most important thing. And then you get Winston Churchill saying, "Don't ever." ever, ever give in except to convictions of honor and good sense, never yield to force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. And that just, those those are words that help us focus on, okay, this is how to execute the most important thing. Something bigger than ourselves. Right. And how do you stay focused on it so you really are living for that particular cause? Well, one more quick scripture here before we go to the break. 1 Timothy 6, uh, 11 to 14. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here you have the Apostle Paul uh, writing to his spiritual son Timothy, and he's giving him some very, very, very strong admonition here. He flee from these earthly things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight. Hold on, lay hold on eternal life. On and on and on. So when you say, okay, do the most important thing, it seems like there's a lot of things there. Lots of action. So how do you figure out what the most important thing is? Is it just one thing or is it putting all of these different things together? That's what we really want to focus on this morning. Coming up, stewardship. What is a steward anyway? Are we taking a plane? Stay with us. (laughs) You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Vicki here with Rick. Our question this morning, is your life by accident? If you have a thought or to be part of our program, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8, and you can check us out on the web at christianquestions.net. And, uh, Vicki, you are here for Jonathan, who is out of town this weekend. And uh, Vicki is part of our Christian Questions team, who, and she part of her responsibility is to sit in when Jonathan's not around. So we're glad that uh, you're able to do that for us this morning. Thank you for the privilege. Well, it's the most important thing. You keep saying that, but what's the most important thing? I'm so confused. <laughs> right, because in the first segment we talked about a lot of different things are the most important thing. So how do you put yourself in perspective of understanding the most important thing? So is the most important thing your most important thing? That's really what we want to try to get to and try to look at. So to do that, let's take a look at a, at a parable, and we're going to look at this very briefly, to try to figure out this thing about the most important thing being our most important thing. Jesus did a lot of teaching in parables. This particular parable was the parable of the talents. So it, it's in Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 13. Um, and Vicki, actually, we're not going to necessarily be able to read the entire parable, but let's just 
drop in on the parable and see, first of all, why was this parable an important lesson? Jesus tells us in Matthew twenty-five, thirteen, and 14. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So he's saying, watch because you don't know when the Son of Man, Jesus, he himself is returning. So he's saying you need to make sure that you're doing the most important thing when he's not here. So you're still doing it when he comes. Right. So you're already in place and already being active in the right way. But you can't spend your life doing one thing. Well, right. So we have to figure out what the most important thing is at any given moment. Right. Okay. So how do you All do right. that? Okay. All right. Now, as we as we go to look at that, um, actually, what I wanted to do, Fred, can we go to a soundbite at this point? Or okay, um, let us go back to Rick Warren, author of A Purpose Driven Life. He's uh, doing a, a a presentation on TED TV, and he's talking about leadership is stewardship. So let, let's listen. So what is it for? And I began to think about what I call the stewardship of affluence and the stewardship of influence. So I believe essentially leadership is stewardship. That if you are a leader in any area, in business, in politics, in sports, in art, in academics, in any area, you don't own it. You are a steward of it. All right. So... The stewardship of affluence and influence. And, and I really like what he said because he said, look, if you're a leader in any area, first of all, just realize that whatever it is you're a leader in, you don't own, but you owe your allegiance to it, if you will. Okay. So, so Vicki, in, in terms of, uh, of leadership in your life, where, where are you a leader in your life? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more in the home. Okay. But now, now, just let's understand that for a second, okay? In, in the home as a mother. Right. Now, your, your kids are essentially... Not as the leader, but a leader. Right. But your kids are essentially grown up at this point. Correct. But what this is saying is having that position of leading your children is a responsibility to somebody other than just yourself. And very different than owning my children. Aha. So, the most important thing has everything to do with taking care of things that are bigger than what we own, if you will. That's profound. And wherever the position of leadership is that you might be in, that's how it applies. And to to realize that you're doing it for a greater cause, um, to me, makes you continually look at the big picture. And that's part of figuring out the most important thing. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. Check us out on the web at ChristianQuestions.net. Also, if you don't want to talk on the phone but would like to contact us, you can certainly do so uh, by email, Rick, R-I-C-K, at ChristianQuestions.net. That's a personal email, and you'll get a personal response, and you can contact us through Facebook. Or the blog. That's right. They're all there, ChristianQuestions.net. Let, let's go back to the parable now, because the parable was spoken because Jesus is saying, even when I'm not here, there's no excuse to not do the most important things. So now let's get into the parable a little bit. Let's go to Matthew twenty-five, sixteen to 18. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. 
But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. So you have different individuals receiving different amounts of money in this particular story, and they were told to go work with it. So the guy who received the most made the most. Okay. The guy who received the next second most received two, gained two. They, so they both had a very good return, but the guy who just got the one buried it in the ground. Why would he do that? He was probably scared and wanted to save it. He was protecting it. Didn't want to lose it. So his most important thing, his most important thing was protecting that which he was given. Now here's the question. Was that the master's most important thing in giving him that talent? We'll have to wait and see how the story ends, <laughs> stay, but I don't think so. Stay tuned. It's coming up, coming up. And and really, one of the things that, that we, we look at in terms of trying to figure out uh, living on purpose, if you will, and that's really what we're talking about when we talk about the most important thing, is excuses. Um, we all have excuses. Um, you probably have excuses for things, don't you? Oh, dear. You want me to start now? <laughs> I could finish the whole thing. No, actually, instead of you starting with excuses, let's listen to a, a short soundbite here. This is great stuff, and you got to listen carefully. Uh, and, 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 and the picture, this got this right off of YouTube. The picture is of a guy. He's very athletic looking, and you, 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 he, he's, he's bouncing. He's in a gym. He's bouncing a basketball, and he looks, he's got his very intense look on his face. Let's listen. I'm too weak, too slow, too big, I ate too much for breakfast, got a headache, it's raining, my dog is sick, I can't right now, I'm not inspired, makes me smell bad, I'm allergic to stuff, I'm fat, I'm thin, it's too hot, I'm not right, I've got shin splints, headache, I'm distracted, I'm exerting myself too much, I'd love to really, but I can't, I just can't, my favorite show is on, I got a case of the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, I don't want to do this, I'm going to do something else, after New Year's, next week, I might make a mistake, I got homework, oh, I feel bloated, I have gas, I got a hot date, my coach hates me, mom won't let me, I bruise easily. <laughs> <laughs> so he's there, and you know, you hear that you hear the, the sounds of the gym, and he's and he's and he's dribbling this basketball, and he's very intense. But he he just rattles off all of these excuses. I've heard a few of mine in there, <laughs> <laughs> and and we all have them. We all have them. Well, in the parable, the the steward, one of the stewards, one of the the, the servants in the story, had an excuse as well. So in the parable, it's talking about. Uh, the big thing is investing large worldly sums. A, a talent was worth several thousand dollars, I think, if I if I remember right. In oh, terms, wow. okay. yeah, I think it was like there's different different figures, but a talent is maybe between worth fifteen to thirty thousand dollars. But I like how our vernacular now it's anything in our life that we can do. So I like the connection with that phraseology too. And here here's the thing: it it was using something that's very important, mm-hmm. and the master gave them. Something important. And he said, okay, here's what I want you to do. The stewards were there in the first place because they were supposed to take and invest this talent while the master goes away. So, and again, what you're saying I think is true. The story can really be focusing on the important things that we have the capacity to do uh, in our service to God. Right. Well, like what? What kinds of important things like... Do, do we have the capacity to do? Well, even people who don't have a lot of money can comfort people that are, are saddened. They can, you know, make food for someone. They, I mean, the talent list is just as long as the excuse list. It's just harder to come up with. But if you sit long enough, you can do it. So the key is understanding that while there may be excuses, the talent list can certainly override it. And it just means that we have to, it's so much easier to just use an excuse rather than to apply a talent. Oh, yes. 
And what we want to make sure we do is we work on the application. So let's go back to the parable of the talents. And folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And our question is, is your life by accident? What is the most important thing? Let us know what you think. And also check us out on the web at christianquestions.net. Back to the talents, Matthew 25, 19 through 28. So we know what happened first. The master leaves and everybody goes to work each in their own way except the guy who is given the one talent just digs a hole and buries it to protect it. It probably took a little work to dig the hole, though. (laughs) Probably did. Okay, let's see what happens. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he had... So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. All right, so you've got the two who will will say were successful in, in the responsibility. And even the two, the Lord was still pleased with, even though he didn't have as much as the five. Right, so either one, they went, they went to work, they came back with a return. And uh, what happens is, the master says, you've been faithful in a few things. Now, remember, talents were worth a lot of money. The, the guy with the five talents, that could have been, in today's dollars, anywhere between a hundred to to $200,000. So, you know, you've got a very wealthy master here. Right. And he's saying, you've been faithful in a few things. Now, I'm going to give you responsibility for many things, for great things. So, even though that is of great earthly value, he's saying, there's something, there's something greater, much bigger, because you've proven yourself by doing what I told you was the most important thing. So, again, as we look at this particular parable, we can be focusing on it in terms of the talents could be the opportunities and and literally the talents in our own lives. How are we taking those things and applying them to what should be the most important thing? Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And the web, christianquestions.net. Don't forget Facebook. Facebook is a great place to, actually, you know, you can put your comments out there on Facebook and we can, we can get your comments pretty much in real time to let, so you can let us know, uh, what you're thinking. Uh, but again, you can also call, you can also email at rick at christianquestions.net. There's so many ways. No excuses. <laughs> That's for right. Not getting in there touch you go. With Christian questions. Is it the most important thing to give a comment? I don't know. That's up to you. And then if you want more info, look at CQ Rewind. It's all, <laughs> it's all there. All right. So we've got in this parable of the talent the two that the Lord comes back and they are reporting in as is their responsibility and he's saying you guys did a terrific job here now I'm going to give you something of great responsibility but there's one who hasn't reported yet okay so now let's go to the one who had received one talent then the one who had received the one talent said Lord I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground Look there, you have what is yours. 
And he gave it back. <laughs> he did. He gave it back. And, and it's very interesting what he says. Look, there you have what is yours. He is giving back what he was given. So he's saying, look, I didn't lose what you gave me. And he was afraid. He admits he was afraid. But was that his job? No. What was his job? His job was to go and increase or to use it somehow. So the from the from this go ahead. I just thought how cool it is when you think about when you use a talent. I mean, this may not be a true thing for money because you know I could easily lose money <laughs> if I tried to do some kind of investing. But when you when you look at this and you apply it to our talents and our opportunities, they always grow. If you do something kind to someone, if you use your Lord's talent in terms of service to Him. It cannot de- depreciate because someone is a, it just goes on. And and really one of the key things here in this particular parable is where the talent gets put versus where it needed to be put. Now, according to the steward, it got buried in the ground. Now, what could that be a, a, a symbol of? Earthly yuck stuff. <laughs> Earthly yuck stuff. <laughs> you heard it from Vicki here, right here on ChristianQuestions.net. Always the vocabulary wizard. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, that mundane, earthly, that that doesn't go any further than the here and now. So we can apply our talents to the things of the world, the things of the earth, and okay, they can do things. But the most important thing is applying our talents to the work of God. So by burying our talent in the in the world, we're, we're essentially using it up in... The earthly yuck stuff, as Vicky <laughs> says, uh, instead of applying it to spiritual growth and development, which is what God wants us to do through Jesus. Now, see, folks, that helps us to understand what the most important thing is and how the most important thing works in our daily lives and where we need to go with it. This is Christian Questions. I'm Vicki here with Rick, and we're talking about Is Your Life by Accident? How do you live your most important thing? Is failure a part of it? We'll be right back. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Vicki here with Rick. Our question this morning is your life by accident? If you have a thought or to be a part of our program, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8, and you can find us on the web at christianquestions.net. Okay, and uh, we are talking about uh, looking at the most important thing in our lives and how do we focus on it, how do we accomplish those things that are absolutely most important, and and it's just it's such a it's a difficult thing, Vic, because there's just there's 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 in, in some ways it's almost too much to think about, a lot of details, a lot a lot of stuff going on. In that parable of the talents that we just um, read in the last segment, the two individuals who did a good job, their master Jesus tells them in the in the parable that they really did achieve greatness. Greatness, yeah. Greatness. Yes. And he said, and even though in, in, in the master's mind they were faithful in something small, it was greatness that was worthy of being rewarded with now responsibility for something much bigger. 
So the, really the question is, is there greatness in your life? And how do you get to greatness? And, and there's some great, great oh, I things. I want to be great. <laughs> great. <laughs> you know what? To be great, let's go to the phones first. We have a call from uh, Connecticut. Welcome to the program, Julius. Good morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Julius. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've shared this uh, thought with you before. Uh, in any issue similar to this, what is the model? Who is the model? And that is our Lord Jesus. In, uh, I'm getting an echo here. Yeah, you are. Are you on a uh, speakerphone? No. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't think so. Let me. I'm on. No, the speakerphone is off. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead. Well, we yeah. can we can understand. We can. Yeah. Our Lord Jesus, uh, he quotes the Psalms 40. I come to do God's will, and I'll just phrase it, uh, paraphrase, or give you the gist of the scripture. So that's Psalms 40, probably verses six through nine. And then in. Uh, in Luke 2.49, he says, Wish ye not that I be about my father's business? Mm-hmm. That's, that's our model. See? And then the Apostle Paul, he picks up the, uh, the thought and uh, the spirit of the service. In, in uh, Philippians 1, verses 20 and 21, uh, thereabouts, says, uh, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He had, he had that purpose in life. And finally, just a little saying, there's so many other scriptures, but it's a cute saying that I've heard over the years. It says, quote, lead, follow, or get out of the way. (laughs) God bless. Thanks, Julius. We appreciate it. See, now he brought up some, some important things. First of all, there is a model to follow. And really, this is about achieving greatness in our lives. Okay? The model is Jesus. And he set the the focus of that model in that Luke 2.49 scripture Julius mentioned uh, when he's only 12 years old. And remember, they find him in the temple after a couple of days. And his answer to his parents is, wished you be not, wished you be, wished I be not about my father's business. <laughs> so, look, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I am focusing on the most important thing. That's really what, what, uh, what Jesus is telling us, even at 12 years old. But his father's business, so... Does that mean I have to focus on what you focus on? Well, now that's a good question. Is so is your focus on our father's business exactly the same as my focus on our father's business? I think the one with five talents and two talents probably had different focuses because they had different right. talents. Okay, so so how do we put that all together? Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free eight six six nine eight five four all. We're live Sunday mornings from six to eight. That means we're on right now. And the website, ChristianQuestions.net. Let's go to a soundbite. This is Will Smith. Now, look, you probably know Will Smith as an actor, but he is really a philosopher in a a lot of ways. He is an incredibly motivated individual. And uh, he was doing an interview uh, on life, purpose, fear, and focus. So um, let's just listen to what he talks about here. He's talking about greatness. Greatness is not this... um wonderful, esoteric, elusive, uh, God-like feature that only the special among us are, will ever taste. You know, it's something that truly exists in all of us. It's very simple. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it. Yeah. Period. It's 
that simple. I know who I am, and I know what I believe. I know who I am, I know who, what I believe. that's all I need to know. And that's all I need to know. So from there, you do what you need to do. So he's, his, his focus here is there, that there is this greatness is not some elusive thing that only special people can get to. It's inherent in all of us, and here's what it is. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it. So when we're sitting on, on the couch watching TV after a long day at work, thinking about getting up in the morning, something tells me we're not thinking about something we're willing to die for at that moment. <laughs> well, now, okay, so does that mean that nobody should sit on their couch in the evening and watch TV? Is that what we're saying? Is it, Are we saying that, well, to achieve greatness, to do the most important thing, don't ever watch TV again? Well, the world would probably be greater if we didn't, but no, I won't go there. <laughs> no, that's not what. All right. Well, and let, let, let's let's keep that as a question as we go through this this segment. And again, folks, uh, if you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free eight six six nine eight five for all. Uh, we're live Sunday mornings from six to eight. That means we're on right now. We may be telling you not to watch so much TV, but we're not telling you to not listen to the radio. Oh no, radio Sunday very mornings six, six to eight. To eight. <laughs> okay. And the website computers are okay too. <laughs> ChristianQuestions.net. All right. Uh, Facebook blog, all that's uh, fine. That's right. All right. Is there greatness in your life? Let's look at Colossians one twenty seven. To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So there you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now that's greatness. So and it's saying there's a hope of glory. There's the, and a hope you're looking forward to something that you have to strive for. So how do you get to that kind of greatness? Do you have to turn off your TV? Well, first of all, we need to know what we believe. Remember in Will Smith's comment, he said, this is what I believe and I'm willing to die for it. Let's look at Ephesians 1, 17 to 21. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So there's a lot in that scripture, but the the apostle in the, in the earlier part of the scripture talks about, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. So you got to know what the hope is. And he says the hope is built on the on the fact that Christ was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places, far above any ruler or authority in this world. So he, he's in a different place, and that is what you are striving towards. And back in the Colossian scripture, it was talking about Christ in you is the hope of glory. So if we can model the life of Christ, and if we can um, do the things he did and rise above the trivial into the greatness, um, there's our real hope of glory. So how do we do that? Again, does that mean you have to not have a TV? Is that, I mean, you sit home and read your Bible all day, right. every day, and do nothing else. Is that what we're saying? That's burying it. <laughs> okay. You're not using it. Uh, okay. All right. See, now that's interesting. That's interesting that you say it that way. And, and, and hang on to that thought. Vic, why don't we go uh, to the phones first, then we're going to come back to that thought and talking about living on purpose. We have Peter from Connecticut. Welcome to the program, Peter. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. And, uh... Welcome, Vicky. Thank you. Okay. Maybe uh, Jonathan will go further. 
No. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, you were talking about a purpose right. earlier. Yeah. And you know, I really believe that there is a purpose uh, for everyone, although finding it or, you know, you may stumble upon it, you may not know that something is leading you toward it, but I think you have to be open for it. Mm-hmm. If, if something draws your interest, your attention, uh, you may learn something from from going there and, and, you know, getting more information from that thing that's drawing you, and you may narrow it down, but it's there. And, and it isn't that somebody has to point it out to you. I think the most important thing is that you're willing to search for it. You're willing to feel it when you, when you get something that's a bit, it could be something that's an injustice and you, you think that's wrong and I've got to look into this or it could be anything like that. But You've got to go and take steps in that direction in order to narrow it down. And I think we all have a purpose. I really do. All right, Peter. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Have, have a, a great day. day. Bye-bye. Now, see, see, he brought up something that's important. You know, find your purpose. And, and you, you said earlier, is, is you're doing the most important thing according to the will of God, the same as me doing the most important thing according to the will of God. And... According to what Peter is saying, not necessarily. I agree with Peter, and I think the to me though there's there's kind of two sides to the story. The first side is your action to live something greater, and and to um, adopt the fact that it's got to be something outside of yourself. Bigger and than once yourself. you take that step, and it's not about making myself happy, making myself wealthy, make you know, but it's something. Something outside there, bigger than me, and in not really focusing on how am I going to make myself happy and where's my purpose, and that's very self-centered, self-focused. But if you can focus outwardly, then I think Peter's right that you stumble on, huh? Then you begin to feel the inward things, but it has to start outward first. And and it's got you've got to be drawn to it. It's not right. something that's it's real simple here. Um, Vic, we're getting close on time here, so we're not going to be able to read all of these scriptures. But live on purpose. Joshua twenty four fourteen and fifteen. Basically, Joshua is saying, look, choose this day who you will serve. You have to make a choice. You want to serve the gods of men, or do you want to serve the God of heaven? Take your time, <laughs> but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So live on purpose. That's one scripture there. Commit to what you believe. Um, I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but you know, this one thing I do, pressing forward, and that's what you're talking about, t- toward a goal, just like you said, that's just so much bigger than you are. Mm-hmm. Finding that purpose, finding that most important thing. I really want to get to, um, and we'll come back to the John scripture, I want to get to this next soundbite um, real quickly here. This is Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jordan. Okay, I love basketball. I love Michael Jordan. And this is his Nike commercial. Uh, but just listen to him talking about failure. I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. 
that is why I succeed. So, see, I, I love that because it gives you a, a sense of the reality that it's not always what you might seem it seems to look like. What it is is it gives you a sense of there's a bigness to it, and failure is part of the process. That makes me feel so much better. And in the second hour, we're actually going to talk a whole lot more about about that aspect of it. Uh, but uh, so so it gives us a sense that look, failure is 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 part of the most important thing. So it's important to fail. I mean, now think about that for a second. It doesn't sound right, but there's really something to it. In John 4, 31 to 35, and again, Vicki, we won't read it uh, in interest of time, but uh, Jesus, his disciples are hungry, and they're figuring he, Jesus is hungry. They say, well, here, G- Rabbi, eat. And what does he say? He says something very interesting to them. He says, you know, I've, I've got food that you don't know about. And so they're going, well, wait, wait, does did, did, did somebody, somebody give him food? <laughs> did somebody give him a bagel? <laughs> you know? And the answer is no, no, no. The food that I have is doing the will of my Father because that's the most important thing. Now, does that mean Jesus didn't ever eat? No. What it meant is he put eating in the perspective of his Father's will. Folks, we're going to talk about in the second hour failure. Failure indicates action. Action indicates effort. Effort indicates purpose. And purpose indicates a cause. Therefore, failure is progress towards your cause. You want more on that? Stay with us. We'll be back in the second hour. For Vicki and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We're talking about your life. Is it by accident? What is your purpose? We'll be back after the news and all of that. But until then, your purpose. Think about it. is Christian Questions. Aristotle once said, We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with uh, Vicki this morning and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And, Vicki, what is our topic on this fine Sunday morning? Is your life by accident? And the theme text comes from Exodus 4, verse 2. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. So, Vicki, you're here for Jonathan? Yes, I am. Who are you? I am a longtime supporter of Christian Questions, and I fill in for Jonathan on occasion when he leaves and have done the boards as well in the past, but um, seem to be moving on from that one <laughs> as the boards get more technical. And uh, so Jonathan is out of town this weekend, so uh, Vicki has graciously decided to uh, fill that seat and uh, help us with our conversation. We're talking about your life, your purpose, is it on? Are you living on purpose, or are you just kind of getting by, living by accident, so to speak? And um, we do want to welcome in our audience at WNOX 100.3 FM in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're glad you've joined us for this hour. We want to remind you that uh, the first hour is available online at ChristianQuestions.net live, and later on today it will be available as well as an archive, ChristianQuestions.net. Um, Vicki, let's do a little bit of a recap of what we talked about in the first hour, we'll talk about some other pieces of business, and then we'll move on with the program. So, 
do the most important thing at any given moment. That's one of the first things we started with. Exactly. And then we started talking about how do you figure that out. Right. How do you figure that out? And, and our loyalty to God requires very specific action on our part to be able to do the most important thing. Stewardship. We were talking a little bit about stewardship. Stewardship is taking care of somebody else's goods. There was a parable of the talents, and we saw that uh, in that parable, one of the stewards uh, just didn't do what he was supposed to. He he buried the talent and gave back just exactly what he was given. Instead of going to work with what the master had asked him for. And then we asked the question, is there greatness in your life? You need to know what you believe. You need to live on purpose. You need to commit to what you believe. And then we talked a little bit about failure right at the very end. And just repeat what we said right at at the very end about failure. That failure indicates action. Action indicates effort. Effort indicates purpose. Purpose indicates a cause. Therefore, failure is progress toward your cause. Doesn't that make you feel better? It does make me feel better. That's why I wanted you to repeat it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get back into our conversation, um, Vicki, a couple of things that our listeners need to know. If you have more to say after the program, you can write us at Christian Questions, P.O. Box 1837, New London, Connecticut, 06320. And you can contact us on the web at ChristianQuestions.net. Our website is full of all kinds of great things like archived programs on a variety of topics along with links to our Facebook page, our blog, and to CQ Rewind. And CQ Rewind has two parts. There's the summary version, which includes excerpts from the program and transcript and scripture citations. The summary version is available on our website as a free download. And then the real CQ, the full edition, available by email sign-up only. The full edition includes comprehensive excerpts from the program, transcript, and fully quoted scriptures along with bonus material. This is all presented in a reader-friendly format, full of graphics and illustrations, also available free of charge. Just sign up with your email address. And the website is the best place to get to know us better. Check it out soon. Soon, that's right. You Soon, can go today, there. right can, now. Right now. Go. Just, but just keep listening. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about our purpose, doing the most important thing, living on purpose, if you will. And that theme scripture says, Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, uh, God is asking Moses, what is that in your hand? And he says a staff. Now, what's that have to do with anything? Uh, well, we're going to have to find that out. So what is that in your hand? A staff. Use what's in your hand. That's the moral of that small little story there. So we have something. Each of us has something in our hand, and we don't want to use excuses. We want to use the abilities, the talents, and the opportunities that are in our hands. I want to go back to a soundbite. It's the second half of a soundbite we had at the first in the first hour. Uh, no excuses, motivation, and that's what it's called. It's on YouTube. You really want to watch this because it's it's impressive, and it, it's a guy, a very athletic-looking kind of a guy. He's in a gym. He's, he's dribbling a basketball, and he's rattling off a million excuses, many of which you can probably identify with. Hang on, here it comes. No excuse. Okay. Maybe not. Okay, so he rattles off all these excuses. And um, I don't know if we're going to be able to uh, uh, get to... It. For some reason, that one's not coming across. It had such great effect. It did. So it he's did. in there, he, he, he's, he's dribbling the ball, and he's, you know, he's saying all these things that, you know, this doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and I'm too tired, and, you know, the sun's shining, the sun's not shining, it's too dark, it's too light. He's going on and on and on and on. At the end of it, his last excuse is, my feet hurt. And then the camera pans back on him, and you find out that he has no legs. 
and he's in the gym, and he's dribbling the ball. He's going to go play some wheelchair basketball is what he's going to do. But he's there, and it just it, it's profound because you get the sense of, yeah, those excuses sounded familiar. And here's a man who has an excuse but refuses to use it. That's huge. Well, That's it, huge. It, it, and and it, just, it just drives us to the point of saying, okay, what am I doing with what I have been given? Maybe I haven't been given the full deck, so to speak. But the, is that an excuse? Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And on the web at ChristianQuestions.net. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29, because this could be a great excuse scripture. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. Well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> what? That's my excuse. I'm not <laughs> okay. wise. I'm not noble. Well, see, and it says there's not many in those kinds of categories. So so let, let's con- continue the scripture. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things that are strong, and the base things of the world, and the despised God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are. So it goes on saying, not many wise, not many according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God's chosen the foolish things of the world. So, Vicki, now how does that make you feel? Um, <laughs> actually, it makes me feel great, because it's only through God that any greatness, and that's that's what my focus in life, you know, it, whether it's everyone's or not, but... Um, when I can focus on God and what he can do, that's where the greatness comes from. Well, and, and I think that's really what it boils down to. And what it's saying is, look, if, if you're not the, the, the worldly wise and the most noble person uh, you know, that, that everybody looks up to with awe, he's saying, look, it's okay. It's okay to not be that as long as your heart, is, you have a heart towards God. And that is what we are, are, are um, we're, we're looking for. And, then it, and, and at the end of it, the, the last verse, verse 29, so that no man may boast before God. And that's the bottom line here. So that no man may boast before God. This is why the calling is for those of us who are just sort of regular people. Any little greatness that can be in any of our lives, which goes back to that soundbite that we were listening to on Will Smith saying that it's in all of us, is from God. And if we focus on living on purpose, living with a purpose, with a godly purpose, it certainly changes our outlook on things. You know, we, we talked about in the first hour, we talked about watching TV. Right. And uh, should you watch TV? Should you not watch TV? And does doing the most important thing mean you have to turn the TV off? Well, we're going to come back to that in a moment. I just wanted to bring that up again. Um, Fred, can we get uh, the next, that's number eight now. This is a, this is another soundbite from Will Smith. I want to go to this because this helps to figure some things out, I think, in terms of what are we supposed to be doing with our daily lives. This is Will Smith on Life, Purpose, Fear, and Focus. He's doing a an interview, and it's on talent versus skill. The separation of talent and skill is one of the, 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 the greatest misunderstood concepts for people who are trying to excel, who have dreams, that want to do things. Talent you have naturally. Skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. I've, I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented. Where I excel is ridiculous 
sickening work ethic. You know, while the other guy's sleeping, I'm working. While the other guy's eating, I'm working. There's no easy way around it. No matter how talented you are, your talent is going to fail you if you're not skilled. So he puts it in very, very great perspective because, you know, first of all, all of us don't have lots and lots and lots of natural talents along all kinds of different lines. Especially when it comes to trying to be Christ-like. That's right, not a natural. Right. But see, what he's saying is, okay, but we all have some kind of talent, whether it be a talent for compassion or a talent for prayer or a talent for action along certain lines. We all have something. But he says talent really doesn't mean anything unless you put skill to it. And how do you get skill? By a ridiculous, sickening work ethic. <laughs> I really like that. To quote Will Smith, a, yes. a ridiculous, yes. sickening work ethic that says, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to work. So it's interesting. He's not working on the things that he's not good on. He's spending much more time on the, on the things that he has talent with. Mm-hmm. Because those are the things that can bring greatness into your life. And greatness, to me is giving glory to God. See, to me, that's my definition of greatness, giving glory to God. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. www.christianquestions.net. Check it out. And also, feel free to comment on our blog, which is always updated at christianquestions.net. And please check us out on Facebook. It's a great place to go for us to get your comments and to be able to respond to them uh, right there almost in, in, in real time here. The social network. <laughs> yes, it is. A so- do you, uh, you know, women seem to use Facebook a lot more than men. They do. We're more social people. So are you saying I'm not sociable? Well, <laughs> think about it. Even if you go out for dinner with another couple... Yeah. The women always go to the bathroom together. <laughs> They're social. Okay. We're social. All <laughs> angles of our life. All right then. Generally speaking. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk about looking at Will Smith and talent versus skill. That's a great concept to understand. Let's look at talent versus skill on a spiritual level. Let's look at Matthew fourteen twenty four to 33. This is the, 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 the apostles are out in a boat. Uh, and, and the storm comes up, and, and Jesus is walking on the water. L- listen to this. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disi- disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. See, there was Peter's talent. It was his boldness. He was able to extend himself more readily than, than, than the others. He, this, this, and this talent is rewarded. He's saying, Lord, if it's you, call, call me. I'll, I'll come to you. That, that's, that's bold. Yes. And that's a talent. And so what does Jesus say? He said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. So Peter had the talent, the boldness, but his faith did not develop. The skill of faith obviously wasn't fully developed yet because he wavered. He was doing something miraculous and he wavered. Right. Okay, and so so what happens? Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, 
You are certainly God's son. So Jesus sees the skill, I'm sorry, the talent of Peter, the boldness, and he encourages it. And when Peter falls, he saves him and says, you of little faith. So he says that you need to be focusing on developing that faith because based on your talent, the skill of faith can do great things. This is Christian Questions. I'm Vicki filling in for Jonathan this morning here with Rick, and we're talking about Is Your Life by Accident? Next up, trivia. Is it trivial? <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be back. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Vicki filling in for Jonathan this morning here with Rick. Our question, is your life by accident? If you have a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8, and you can find us on the web at christianquestions.net. And Vicki, we are talking about uh, the purpose of our lives and, and, and what, what, how do we live our lives intentionally and what are the things we should be doing and how are the things, how, how are the ways that we should be acting? And in the last segment, we were talking about not many wise, not many noble. And, and this is really focuses on our identity, who we are. You know, God calls the, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise so that we stay humble. Uh, it, it, we talked about skill and talent. This is who we are, and we may have certain talents, but skill can be developed by anyone if you put the work in. Lots of work. So you, I can't necessarily develop your talents, and maybe you can't necessarily develop mine, but we can certainly work skill in relation to our own talents. So that's the identity. That's our identity. Our next focus is going to be our involvement, okay, what we do, where we are, what we do daily to contribute to the world around us. Before we get into that, though, uh, Vicki, why don't we go to the phones? Oh, okay, we – I thought, never mind. <clears throat> So let's get involved in that. Your involvement. Where are you daily and what you do to contribute to the world and, uh, around you? This helps us to determine our most important things. And again, you know, that issue about television, we never really resolved it. Do you, do you have to throw your TV out the window? In order to have a greater purpose in your life. <laughs> or can you keep the TV? Uh, let's listen. Let's listen. <laughs> this is a great soundbite to, uh, to play before that discussion. This is from a website called DontWasteYourLife.com. <laughs> Randy Alcorn, who is an author, uh, is speaking on trivia and things that are trivial. There is a lot in life that is trivial, that is secondary. And, and now I'm not just even talking about the bad things. You think about all the things that we know. I'm a football fan, so all of the, the guys that you know in football and the positions they play and where they went to college, and, and none of that is wrong. It's just that if that's the bigger part of your life, if you've got all of that memorized and you say, but, well, you know, I, I really don't have time to memorize scripture and I'm really not very good at it, but you know all the words to Gilligan's Island or whatever, you know, then what that says is that you have used your mental abilities that God has given you and you've poured them into the secondary, the trivial. That's pretty... Uh Strong statement there. That really is. I think I know the words to Gilligan's Island, too. <laughs> <laughs> I 
think I do. Professor Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a three-hour tour. <laughs> Anyway, but you can quote some scriptures as well. I'm sure. Well, well, and see, and I think that's the that's the core of the matter is is our life being focused on what we're involved in? Are we focusing on those things which essentially end up being trivial in the larger picture of the most important thing of our lives, or are we focusing on the most important thing of our lives and dealing with the trivial as it comes up? I do like the example of the the grandfather sitting in a chair under a tree and the and the kid wants to read comic books or watch TV. You could use any example, but I believe it's originally the comic books. And he says, Grandpa, can I watch TV? Or And he says, well, do me a favor. Take this bushel basket and go fill it up with wood chips. And he does. He goes and he fills it up with wood chips and he brings it back. And he says, okay, now take that basket and go fill it up with apples. And the little boy looks at him and says, there's no room for apples. That's the point of the television. If you put all this memorization of Gilligan's Island, your brain can only hold so much. So if you're going to focus on that, on the wood it's going to filled with trivia rather than with the good stuff. Than with the apples. And, and, and I think that, that really nails it down. So are we saying to throw your television out? No, but what we're saying is that the television can't be the centerpiece and entertaining ourselves ought not to be the centerpiece if we have a life that is driven by a higher purpose. It's also what's going on in your head. You know, when you're watching TV, are you escaping? Or, And I don't mean to pick on TV. It can be anything. But are you escaping life and, and trying to draw personal pleasure? Or in your mind, are you thinking of always ways you can improve, things that you can do to serve other people? You know, what's going on in your head? Because we can all look like the same little stick figures going through life, but there's different things going on in different people's heads. And now the thing about that is, again, we're not saying that there's never time for trivia and trivial things. For me, I know that I need to turn my brain off. Right. And especially during a, during a long week and you know working on, and look, preparing for the radio program is one of the great examples in my own life. It, it takes a lot of work and effort to prepare for it. And there are times where it late at night where my brain just gets tired. Do you find it hard to turn your brain off? Uh, actually, <laughs> no, my I brain turns off easy. I was going to say, I have a hard time turning mine on. <laughs> and I was hoping it was just a matter of where it is on the... <laughs> no, what, what it comes down to for me is just being able to say, okay, I've thought it through enough for one night because then, you know, I start to bog down. And inevitably, by God's grace, literally sleeping on it really helps me. And the next morning, I get up and it's fresh. And I and I go and I'll go watch a little television or do something a little bit different just to clear my mind out, and then so I can come back to it roaring strong the next morning. Right. But Folks, the it, intent of watching TV is to gain strength, not to escape. Well, but now see, I do escape because I have to escape from my own head. <laughs> my head's a dangerous That's place a dangerous to be. Place, yes, sure. <laughs> Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.net. Let's look at 1 Timothy six seventeen to 19 because it talks about earthly attractions, uh, while they're tempting, aren't the most important thing. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasures of a good foundation for the future, 
so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. So here, this is talking exactly about what you were saying before, Vicki, that uh, you know we, we can get involved in, in, in the earthly things or we can build up these riches uh, according to whatever perhaps talents and opportunities we might have uh, – Instruct them to do good, be rich in, to, in good works, be generous, and be ready to share. Those are good things. And look at the outcome, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. That's living. And that's living with a purpose, so that our lives are not by accident. No matter who we are or what we do, we can adjust our life involvement to give more glory to God. And, and I think that really, really helps me. To, to, to figure it out because no matter what things I have to do, whether it's it's uh, fixing something that's broken on the house, which I don't do enough of, incidentally, but th- don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't know. <laughs> uh, or, or, or any other trivial things of life, it can certainly, our, our focus can certainly be on giving glory to God. And I, here's, a, here's a good scriptural example. Luke chapter 3, verses 10 to 13. This is John the Baptist. Now, he was a very dynamic preacher, and he's talking to all different kinds of individuals, and they're coming to him saying, well, what should I do? What should I do? Let, let's listen to how he, he, he reacts to all of this. And the crowds were questioning him, saying, then what shall we do? And he would answer and say to them, the man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And he who has food is to do likewise. All right, so there you have the average person saying, well, what should we do to be more godly? And he's saying, give of yourself. So that's the first thing. Everybody everybody can do that. Go, let's go on. And some tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what you have been ordered to do. So now you've got these tax collectors that want to know how to be more godly. And he's saying, Be honest, be just, be ethical. Simple. Yep. And they're all having, well, let's finish this. Some soldiers were questioning him, saying, And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely and be content with your wages. So each of the different classes of individual that comes to John the Baptist, he has something to say to them that's practical to say, do the job that you're given to do the very best ethical way that you can, and that can put you in line with that higher purpose. And so if we all have the higher purpose of of glorifying God or being Christ-like, these are examples of how it is going to play out different in each and every one of our lives. Exactly, and that's the best part of this is that you and I, we're sitting here, we're, we're very different in very many different ways. Yes, we are. And the, 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 the point is that it's never wise for me to try to be you or you to try to be me. You know, one of the examples that I can use, I I have been struggling for years on trying to explain to my husband why I'm different than him. He knows that I'm different, but I don't have a, a real good articulation of of who I am. So I'm always trying to explain. And he's got a wonderful to-do list. And his to-do list, you, you can look at that list and you can he can tell you what he will be doing from 1 to 2 every day and from 4 to 7. It doesn't, I mean, that list is what he does. And he gets frustrated because I don't have a to-do list. I have a to-be list. A to-be list. A to-be list. Okay. I do. And there's things I want to be in life. And I take my to-do list and it has to be part of that to-be list. So whenever something comes up in the day, I'll say, where does this fit in? And I have to literally triage. And I feel like, well, that's the right way to do it. But in in actuality, he gets way more done in a day than I do. But. But, but he's also a lot more stressed than I am. 
So uh, there's a balance of who we are and how we attack this problem. It's going to be different for each and every one of us. The importance is to attack it from who you are and not from looking at anybody else and saying, oh, I have to have their purpose exactly, in life. Exactly. And, and, and that really comes down to our talents and then developing the skill to, to work with it. So the things that we're involved in, we can direct to be godly. And, and to me, you know, my, my mission in life is, is very simple. It's two words and that's, and it is a, it is a something that is, is very thought out in my own terms. My mission in life is to glorify God. That's it. It's a huge mission. Two words, but that's a huge but mission. But see, it's easy for me because I can get my brain around two words mm-hmm. and I can check myself and when I'm sitting on the floor playing with my grandson, am I glorifying God? Absolutely. That's a great opportunity to glorify God. When I'm having a meal uh, with with my family, am I glorifying God? It's absolutely an opportunity to do so. Same with in front of the TV. Only occasionally, though. Right. Oh, no, but you can't. You can't if Unless the Yankees are on, then, then that's something. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Let's let's get on to, to, to another soundbite here. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday morning from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. Check us out on the web at ChristianQuestions.net. And don't forget, CQ Rewind at ChristianQuestions.net. Um, let, this soundbite is from the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. And again, this is Will Smith. Uh, uh, he's talking to his son in the movie. Uh, he just he just yelled at his son for trying to saying that he wanted to be a basketball player when he grew up. And and he he just yelled at him, and he and he's now looking, saying, "What what what did I just do here?" L- let's listen to this. Hey. Don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something. Not even me. Alright? Alright. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves, they want to tell you, you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. It's a very touching conversation. And the interesting thing is, you know, in the movie, that's his real son. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah that was his, his real son, uh, Jaden. To me, that's a good example of him being a stewardship of his son. Exactly. Or a Be- steward of his son. Because he gave the wrong input and then corrected it. Mm-hmm. Because, And he's telling his son, look, you can blossom beyond where I, just because I can't, doesn't mean you can't. So it's something very so our involvement, our daily what we contribute, uh, the way we contribute to the world around us can really be focused on giving glory to God. And, and you know, we we did, did have a caller on the line. We're not sure where he went, but he had a great comment yeah. that I think it's important to, to focus on. He said, you know, oftentimes we, we we focus on how how you know how can God serve me? What what's in it for me? Where our focus really ought to be? How can I serve God? There's a that's a big difference. And it's the giving and when you give your life away, it comes back to you in such a big big way. We don't have time for 1 Peter 5 6 through 10, but it's a great scripture that that really focuses on the fact that Satan wants us hurt, wants us wants us to not right. He wants us groveling. But we need to be looking rather than at Romans 1 30 uh, I'm sorry, Romans 8 31 and 37 to 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. 
For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in the daily involvement that we have in our lives, if we can apply that Roman scripture, we can certainly put ourselves in a better perspective for being purposeful in our service to God, making our lives count. This is Christian Questions. I'm Vicki filling in for Jonathan here with Rick this morning, and we're talking about, is your life by accident? Next up, what is the good life? Is it looking good? Feeling good? Having the goods? Stay with us. We'll find out. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Vicki filling in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our question this morning, is your life by accident? If you have a thought, give us a call, 866-985-4255. That's toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8, and you can find us on the web at christianquestions.net. And we are talking about what is your purpose in life. Is your, are, are we going through our lives as though it's by accident, or are we going through our lives with a real clear-cut focus and purpose? In the first segment of this hour, we talked about our identity, who we are. And God does not call lots and lots of wise and noble folks. He calls, calls the regular ones so that we can be humble in his service. Then we talked about our involvement, where we are daily and how we contribute to the world around us on a daily basis and how that can be focused on glorifying God. And now in this segment, Vicki, we're going to talk about our influence, not just physical influence in the world, but more importantly, our spiritual influence as re, uh, revealed through prayers, example, integrity, and all of those things. You were going to say something? No, I'm good. You're good. You're not going to say something. I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) Great. Here's a monologue for the... (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're we're really now going to focus on our influence because everybody has influence. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter where we come from. We have influence on those around us. The question is, what is that influence? How do we use it? And how can we alter our influence so it is more godly in our approach uh, and effect on others? So, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And, you know, if you're having trouble figuring out your purpose and where you are in life, look at Seek Your Rewind because the bonus material is all dealing with paradigm shifts, and that may just be what you need. That's right. It's 20 cents. No, it's not. It's free. It's a paradigm. Paradigms. Oh, dear. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's free. That's That's right. Seek Your Rewind is free. Just <laughs> download it off the website or give us your email and we'll send it to you with no junk mail. That's right, ChristianQuestions.net. Let's go to another Michael Jordan uh, interview, uh, and he's talking about failure being his strength. And that's such an important part of this whole whole process, and that's what makes success ultimately is being willing to go through so many failures. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I led you to believe it was easy when it wasn't. Maybe I made you think my highlights started at the free throw line and not in the gym. Maybe I made you think that every shot I took was a game winner. That my game was built on flash and not fire. 
Maybe it's my fault that you didn't see that failure gave me strength, that my pain was my motivation. Maybe I led you to believe that basketball was a God-given gift and not something I worked for every single day of my life. Maybe I destroyed the game. Or maybe you're just making excuses. That's so cool. That it is, it's profound. You know, one of the things that that I love about Michael Jordan is it just he he to me symbolized excellence in in his craft. And I remember watching one game. It was a playoff game. I don't remember the year, but he had the flu, and he was sick. He was sick, and he played the entire game. He scored thirty nine points, hit the game winning shot, all of this stuff. And you see him during timeouts in the fourth quarter, literally sprawled out on the bench, and you think this guy can't even stand up. And somehow he would will himself to get up and get back into that, into the game and do what he had trained himself to do. He had great talent, but he had much better skill. God-given talent. And and, and he took that God-given talent and he used it, you know, and now look, that's a sport. But it taught me, I, I remember watching that game with my mouth wide open thinking, how can he do this? After the game, they bring him. To, they had to bring him to the hospital. Well, even the scriptures connect sports with running the race. And, True, and that's right. So there is definitely correlation between your spiritual life and things that we can learn from the athletes. And and now look, all of us don't have that same uh, that that same influence. We're not big influencers necessarily in the world around us. Right. So what can we do if we don't have that great big level of influence? Well, let's look at. Having the ability to influence the influencers. Acts 9, 10 to 17. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias? And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in, and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So Ananias, really, I think I think the only time you ever hear of Ananias in the scriptures is this event. I believe that's true too, but I don't know for sure. So here you have this guy, this Christian Ananias, who is chosen by God through Jesus to go and be the first Christian that the Apostle Paul meets face to face before the Apostle Paul becomes the Apostle Paul. Now he's Saul of Tarsus, and he's Who's not been killing Christians. Right, he's not a nice man. Oh, go Ananias, have yeah, fun. Yeah, and so so you have this this guy, this Ananias, this lowly man, is given a very very specific task to accomplish. Now he's willing, you know. Here am I, Lord. That's his answer when 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 Jesus comes to him in a vision, and he says, um, "Okay, you've got a job." Jesus tells him, "You've got a very specific job." What does Ananias? What's his initial response? He says, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he, is an author- he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. And so Ananias is basically saying, um, <clears throat> um, just want to make sure you got the right Saul of Tarsus. <laughs> the one that I know. I'm supposed to be running from. Right. I need to hide from because he is going to, he is going to, to, to take me prisoner. And and he has been given authority and permission to do that. And it's interesting, the phraseology, he said, um, Ananias answered. He says, Lord, I've heard from about this man um, 
uh, how he did harm to your saints at Jerusalem. So he's he's talking to Jesus, who's speaking to him in this vision, and he's re- responding to the vision. He's saying, "Lord, he's hurt your saints. He's hurt your he's people." He's looking outside of himself, and he's afraid. Mm-hmm. He he is afraid because this this is so unorthodox in terms of what he he has been doing, especially in relation to this one man who is he's got this seething anger against Christianity. And he's saying, you want me to go to the guy who's most angry with Christianity? You want me to go face to... But you still notice that Ananias' his vision and his purpose in life was bigger than himself because his answer wasn't, he's going to kill me. Right. His answer was, he's hurting your saints. Is this really what you want? Right, right. So he, and you know, now obviously Jesus knows what he wants, but Ananias <laughs> is getting clarity for himself. So... His influence, Ananias, is about to have tremendous influence. And what he's doing on the path to that influence is he's figuring it out so that he can do it the right way. So now now let's continue with the scripture. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Jesus gives Ananias a very reasonable answer here. He tells him, go, go, I want you to go. Why? Because he, Saul of Tarsus, is a chosen instrument of mine. So Ananias is not only given the answer that, yes, this is the right Saul of Tarsus, but he's given the reason. He's saying this individual, this Saul of Tarsus, is a chosen instrument of mine, and he will suffer great things not Against my namesake, but for my namesake. So there, and again, Ananias is this lowly individual. He's, he, he, from, from the, the scriptural account, we don't know really much about him at all. And yet he is given the responsibility to have influence on what would become one of the greatest influencers in all of Christianity for all time. Think about that for a second. That's an amazing work. So, just because we're not the influencer. And he didn't bury his talent by saying, I can't do this. Right, right, right. Because he had honed his skill of faith. And I think that's part of us being strong influencers in terms of the most important thing. What is the most important thing? Well, it's to glorify God. Whose mission is that? Well, it's my personal mission, that's for sure. It's everyone's mission, but or will be ultimately. But it's something that, you know, when, when you realize the greatness and the goodness of God, why wouldn't mm-hmm. we glorify him? Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And check us out at ChristianQuestions.net. Also, if you would like to email us, you can do so at rick, R-A-C-K, at christianquestions.net. It's a personal email. You get a personal response there. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook. Vicki says that you like to use Facebook because it's a good thing to do. Right, Vic? Exactly. All right. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook and the blog, all available. You can get to all of them through christianquestions.net. Poke around on the whole site of christianquestions.net. It's pretty cool. Poke around, huh? Yeah, because there's archived programs. There's all kinds of stuff. Let's poke around there, but let's get back to Ananias here now, because now we're seeing that Jesus' answer to him is that, look, uh, Paul is, is Saul is, is a chosen vessel for me. So now what happens? So Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, 
Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Ananias not only goes to contact Saul, what does he call him? Brother Saul. You see the power of the skill of faith that Ananias developed here. He had a tremendous faith to be able to do that. So we all have a little bit of talent in in faith. We all, I think, in humanity want to believe in something. And it's just honing that skill right. to make it make it valuable and have it work for us rather than just kind of go through life like we're floating downstream. And and rather than go through life saying, God, give me faith, I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. Come on. Still waiting. See, it, it, it's the honing of the skill of faith in Ananias obviously had honed that skill of faith dramatically. Uh, you know, at, at the beginning of the segment, or at the end of the last segment, you were talking about living the good life. What is it? Let's go back to Rick Warren very quickly here before the program ends. Um, TED TV uh, uh, presentation he's doing, and here he talks about living the good life. And we think that the good life is actually looking good. That's most important of all. Looking good, feeling good, and having the goods. But that's not the good life. I meet people all the time who have those, and they're, they're not necessarily happy. If money actually made you happy, then the wealthiest people in the world would be the happiest. And that I know, personally I know, is not true. It's just not true. So the good life is not about looking good, feeling good, or having the goods. It's about being good and doing good. Giving your life away. And it, that nails it. I was just going to say, that says it all. So here, here, here's the thing. It, it, living the good life is about giving your life away because that is a God-honoring way to live and it is a fulfilling way to live and, and it's, it's a bigger way to live. So the good life is a life intentionally lived and given away to a vision that is much bigger than ourselves. The effort and the sacrifice are just a small price to pay for the opportunity to be a part of God's everlasting plan for man. And really, that's what we're getting down to. Is your life on purpose or is your life by accident? Folks, focus on what your opportunities are and then and, and look at look at what your talents are. Develop the skills so that you can move forward and make your life something of great value, not only now but later as well. And with that in your head, when you plop in your chair at the end of a long work day, you have a completely different feeling than just oh, I gotta start it all over tomorrow. And that's a that's a great point because it, when we get into that exasperated, I got to do it all over again, we're missing the point of the exhaustion. The exhaustion, if we can reflect back on the tiredness and say, okay, this day happened and these are the lessons I can learn and now tomorrow I can take those lessons and I can be a little stronger, a little more capable. I can have developed a little bit more of the skills of faith and in life necessary so that I can pursue what would be God-honoring, and I can influence those around me and the things that I'm involved with on a daily basis, I can have a, 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 a good end result with in terms of, of, of helping out other people. And just who I am is somebody that I can look at and say, this is the way God would want me to be. For Vicki and Rick, Vic, thanks for being with us this morning in Jonathan's seat. We, we want to thank you for joining us. It's been a wonderful discussion looking at and talking about 
uh, how to make sure our purpose in life is really a purpose that's important. Don't forget, don't forget Facebook as a way to contact us and be in touch with us for Vicki and Rick and Christian Questions. We'll be back again next week, and you don't want to miss next week. Trust me, we've got something special. But till then, think about it.